Welcome to What Are Your Three, a show where we pick a member of the Channel 3 community, talk about three games, some honorable mentions, future games they're looking forward to, and a couple of other odds and ends to have some general video game discussion. I'm Dan, with me as always, El Ray. What's going on, everybody? Tonight, we have a special guest who is known around for his Rocket League play, but he is not just a Rocket League player. He has a whole list of the different games he's going to talk about tonight. He is c3.gg slash Bucket, the self-proclaimed funnier co-host of the Bucket and Hoosier show. Bucket, go ahead and say hi to everybody. Hey, yeah, so more people have told me that I'm the funnier one than you would believe, to be honest with you. He has the smooth voice, and I have the antics, so we'll take that. But hey, um, thanks for having me on. Well, we're going to dive right in, and we're going to go to what I believe without consulting any sort of official paperwork is the longest title that we've had so far with Police Quest in Pursuit of the Angel of Death. Also the most ominous title without context altogether, not yet rated on Channel 3, but is produced by Sierra Online who absolutely crushed the 80s and 90s computer scene. So let, let's go. Why, why is this the one you started off with? That's exactly why. When uh, my uncle, he was actually a cop and he had this game on his computer and I went over to his house as a kid. I had cousins that were the same age and it was the first experience I ever had playing video games on a computer and it was so simple it was like 8-bit you use your the up and down arrows on the keyboard and then you have to type in commands like open locker take shower go around car and you just drive around this map and do these quests in order to advance the story in this police line and it's just every time I see that game somewhere the right when I downloaded Steam the first time, I always think back to that when I got a computer and I just download it and I buy it and I play it. And I plan on showing that to my kids when they, you know, get to the point where they can type in things and do those same kind of ideas. So I was going to ask, because I know they had some later versions that weren't just the command, but you did play the command type version. How did you how did you get the hang of that? Because the only one I really tried was the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which just start in dark room. <laughs> like that and that's it. i'm like what do, what do i do from here there's no manual i i was at a i was at a school and we had that program on a mac and i'm like what what do i do now so how did you how'd you get around that because again like like you said you know it wasn't oh point and click with the mouse even you had a little up and down arrow with this one but you had to just type in and free you know basically freeform guess what you had to do no so this one's a little bit different i did play those games too as a kid like way back on floppy disks and all that were at the library and i couldn't even tell you the name of those where you you had to like look left and then it was like, and a forest has opened up for you and all that. Couldn't tell you what those are, but this actually had you navigate a world of police so you could go around and then you would walk up to a locker and you would say, open locker, grab gun, blah, blah, blah. Like you would just have to know what the next step was going to be. And uh, it was it was really fun. But those, I remember those games. Those were a lot more difficult. I could not even tell you if I even got past the first part of one of those quests. How did that go with actual police officer uncle? What was his take on the game? What's funny is years later, just a few years ago, I confronted him about it and I was like, listen, do you remember this game? And he was like, I don't I don't even know what you're talking about. He had no idea that I was at his house playing this game in his basement with his children. So very strange. But for the most part, it was 
pretty simple. There was a couple parts where you had to record a conversation and do these things where I, I just kind of figure it out. And I don't think I beat the game till years later when I was able to get my own PC. It was the 80s and 90s, man. Parents didn't know what was going on with computers. They just were there. I also like how you you use the word confronted your uncle about it, too. That's the best The best part is using the word confronted in that conversation. Yeah, because I wanted to know what he thought about that. And we, talk, we were take, talking about video games in general, and he just had no clue. He just had a computer in his basement and bought some police games and probably never played them, to be honest with you. Let's move to game two, Command and Conquer, Red Alert 2. This is the pre-Tim Curry era. However, still managed to pull a 4.3 even without Tim Curry on a bunch of favorite lists, as a matter of fact. So let's uh, let's talk about Command and Conquer, Red Alert 2. So this game, in this list, is it took me a little bit longer to create this list than I was hoping because on the surface, I just want to put my favorite games, Rocket League, what I'm playing now, those kind of things. But I thought back to what progressed me into the video game play player that I am today and how do I want to like portray myself in this world and that first game is it just makes sense for me because like I say I always look back at that game with fond memories and it, it was just the jumping off point for me but this game was the first time I got to skirmish with other players on a network of some way and you are just in a one-on-one battle for the most part if you go through the storyline you can do some cool things but when you're in a skirmish and you're just up against someone building a, a base from scratch it was just a battle of wits and it was at that point that i realized that multiplayer games were something that i was going to be drawn to for the rest of my life i love how you're you put some effort into curating and didn't just shoot from the hip on this and we're hitting double digits and you're going to be a few weeks from now when all is said and done but it's just funny to hear the uh the curation and the thought going into it what was the go-to structure weapon you know how did how did you approach the battle though like you know how did that start when you first pulled it up versus kind of how you proceeded from there i mean how did that go because that was, I, I mean, for me, I mean, I, later on the computer scene, frankly, for the most part, from a family perspective, but that was probably a, a pretty early large scale online game, I think. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. And again, I mean, who knows what networks were back then or how I couldn't even tell you how things got put together at that point. But Back in the year 2000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems so mystical and far away. And there's things that about those years where you just think back to the sounds of a modem connecting or whatever the case is and how you would be able to get online and play these games. But it was, it was, there was a lot of options. And depending on if you chose like an allies or a Soviet team or, or country, what you would do if you wanted to go with air attack or just straight attack quickly or try to build up your entire arsenal first and get the nuclear weapons. So so it just depended on kind of what mood you were in and what was working, what the meta was at that point. Things that you just didn't really, you kind of had to be involved in the game itself and what was going on. And that's where I learned a lot of keyboard shortcuts too. Things that even now today, I can go back to that game. I do with a buddy. Sometimes we'll skirmish and I remember how to collect all my troops at one time and do all these things. And it's just from years of playing the same game. All right, so we go on to game three, and you know, Halo 2 obviously super popular, 4.4 rated. But how does this fit in, in like in the building of you as a gamer, like you said with your first two already? 
Yeah, this the game three was tough for me. Um, I couldn't decide what the next portion of my gaming life was, and and like you said, Dan, there there really wasn't any context here. You just said game one, game two, game three, and so I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do here? I went and listened to some of the other podcasts to cheat, but <laughs> then I kind of came up with my own, like you said, curation of how I wanted this to go. And game three was a toss up, and now the game that I was going to pick didn't even make it here because of the mentions beat that out after I had even more thought about it. But Halo 2 was the game in college. I just distinctly remember networking with other people in the college. Land is the first time too I used an Xbox. I was a PlayStation person the whole time, my entire life. And even after Halo 2, I reverted back to PlayStation life. But this was the game that really just created that competition of being in the same room with someone and being able to play them across the country or across the campus and a lot of crap talking in this game and a lot of fun times where you could make things happen like shotguns only or snipers only or whatever the case was where you just could use your imagination and everyone played this game I mean from doing some co-op things to cheating out of the maps to like I said just playing some small multiplayer games to everything you could possibly do in this game I think this game really changed the multiplayer as we know it today I'm gonna jump in and just elbow my way in as the old man of this conversation because I, I was same era of college for me was right around when this was too and i mean two things one i remember we had people in the same apartment building with either an xbox or the playstation 2 where you had to get the you you had to get that ethernet box to attach to your ps2 and we would just coordinate games throughout the apartment complex of just like okay five o'clock everybody log in let's go uh here we are and yeah i remember i remember sticky grenades with halo 2 and i remember i still remember i I can't remember the name of of the levels it's really the main halo game i ever played I still remember the camping spots. I remember where I'd have to go, like, find my way, battle people who were hiding behind a shrub in the top of the canyon where they could just snipe you uh, and, and just be able to camp their way out of it. And you had to really coordinate to get your way uh, way back out of it. So, Ray, I'm sorry for elbowing my way into the Halo conversation, but just that early 2000s college uh, college reminiscence came back to me. Yeah, it was not college for me. I could say that, but we did, <laughs> we did bring two Xboxes to friends' houses. And, they let you play you know, Halo in preschool? Let me tell you, they let me play Halo. Um, it was it is it is a pretty it was a sick concept. This is you're right. This is kind of like the explosion of multiplayer, and uh, you know it was it was a shock to me uh, to be at a house that had two TVs. There's two TVs and two Xboxes, and you know putting a giant cable from one room to the other. Like it's definitely it was definitely like a kind of a culture shock moment. Is but is it the is it the peak of Halo? That's uh, that's the question to go back to Bucket. Is that is that the top of Halo? Is Halo three better? I'm not gonna say Halo Reach, but I, I even know there's some young people that really like Halo Reach. Yeah, it kind of again. I mean, after college, video games weren't a priority to me. So Halo three came out, and I played it a little bit with some friends. We were also kind of into Rock Band and Guitar Hero at that time. So those games kind of became more prevalent. But um, and that was when again you got got together with some buddies and you were. Drinking drinking or whatever the case was, trying to figure out what to do that night, and and you just played some video games uh, in the interim. So I'm not going to say Halo 3 is better than Halo 2, but in my life, Halo 2 is the peak of the Halo world. All right, so now we move on to the honorable mentions, which is the one to three games that you know needed to be talked about as well. And the first one is, I f- somehow I feel like this really changed from the, the first three you said, Red Dead Redemption 2, the 4.5 rated. You know, you have to ask the question, do you do you sit on a saddle in your living room while you ride around on the horse for fun? Yeah, what do you do in a Red Dead Redemption? 
And that's that's why uh, these honorable mentions were so different because this game brought me back to that single player getting lost into a video game. And I remember spending many hours, I, I had just had, I can't remember either one or two kids at this point, but I know I had kids and I was just trying to find that zen place, that place that I could escape to. And Red Dead Redemption 2 was that game for me. It, it allowed me to just get enamored in that world and feel like for an hour a night or whatever after everyone went to bed that this was where I was living. And I loved that time period. I loved the mechanics of the game. I loved how long the game was, how beautiful the game was, how great it sounded. Everything about it just drew me in. And I was so sad when it was over, to be honest with you. There's a lot of man guess- tears that game historically got. That's uh, sad. Sad can be taken many ways at the end of that game. Uh, the one thing I was going to ask, so it sounds you didn't play until after the kids went to bed, but there's basically a legendary dad mode to this game where you just do the hunting, fishing, you don't make contact with anybody, and you can make that game work during the daylight hours. Yeah, you're not wrong. I'm, I'm sure I snuck some in there when I could, but at that time too, I actually was a stay-at-home dad, so I spent a lot of time with the young children at home, and then when she had gotten home, we spent a lot of time as a family so it was that time where i could just literally get away by myself on to the next honorable mention MLB The Show, specifically 2010. We don't have all the years entered yet on Channel 3. We just have MLB The Show in right now. Showing a 4.0, which I'm just going to ask, how is it that low? But we'll get to that. But let's start. Why 2010? Why uh, why 2010 for the show? I think it might have been the first time that, it's, that everyone kind of switched over to this game from like 2K. But it was, the, it was one of the first games that me and a friend really, we were trying to find ourselves. And this was the game after college. We played baseball our whole lives and it allowed us to continue that competition and to this day we still play MLB The Show so it's been 12 plus years we play this game across the country with each other just to get some bonding time. I was the best man in this guy's wedding and just those kind of it showed me how much we could still stay connected and it's purely through video games. We honestly don't get any more time to talk other than when we play this game so it all started back in 2010 uh, when we started playing this game and that's why I picked that one specifically. So you all had to coordinate PlayStations also because I, you know, I haven't told the story on here before. My brother was the Xbox guy and I was the PlayStation guy. And I remember when 2009 uh, the show came out, I, I called my brother. I'm, I didn't know it was a PlayStation exclusive at the time. I call him like, yo, you need to get this game. This is the best baseball game I've played in a decade. And just the, the realism of it, he goes, he walks into GameStop, slaps 60 bucks down on the counter, he says, give me the show for Xbox 360. They just sit there kind of staring at him for a moment. We live in a different day and age now. You know, the day of cross-platform and the Switch even has the show now. But no, it wasn't the case back then. So points to you for having everybody on the same uh, on the same console while you were doing it, too. So so what was your what was your go-to mode? So did you just mainly play online, just, uh, you know, regular straight-up exhibition games? Or did you guys run a league? Or did you do any of the uh, road to the show with that? No, we would just pick a team and go. And a lot of times we would do it so you couldn't use the same pitcher or whatever the case. And, and a lot of nights honestly we would just stay up all night playing this game and i don't know what it was about it it just so much of our lives into interacting with it i i couldn't even tell you the real reason but we we still i mean 12 years later we're playing the same iteration of the game but with updated graphics and players 
Oh, I, I was in a hole for, again, this season really got me again. And just a, a couple times, my kids or my wife came in like, what, what game are you watching? I'm like, no, 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 this is this is the video game. We're, we're running the show in here right now. That thing looks clean. So I, I got to ask one more question then. Who's your who's your team? Who's your squad? Um, St. Louis Cardinals. I've been a Cardinals fan my whole life. My dad's from St. Louis. I'm from Springfield, Illinois, which is halfway in between Chicago and St. Louis. So it was a split there. Anyone was ever either a Cubs fan or a Cardinals fan. And then I moved out to Arizona where I currently live and uh, I still rep that team and still go everywhere uh, to try and watch them as a as a Phillies fan in that era um, that's uh, that's tough for me to hear but okay moving on <laughs> all right last game on the list is it takes two which is you know 4.3 rated on c3 and you know this is the game that is made as a co-op game that's that's the way it kind of has to be played did you have a do you have a go-to co-op partner for this or you just finding random partners online and this is why i picked this game i wanted to make sure it made the list because this was the first time that i realized my oldest son who's now eight i mean he must have been six or seven when this game when we played this game for the first time together but i thought when we booted this game up for the first time that i was gonna have to grab his controller a few times and not one time we played it twice so that we could each play both characters i had to grab his controller and do anything and and that was the first time i realized that gaming was something we were going to be able to bond over for the rest of our lives. I put the PlayStation, I used, I had it on, against the monitor on a desk and I was trying to, you know, keep it to myself. But once he turned a certain age, I put it in the living room. We sat down and played this game every night while mom made dinner. And we had a blast for about a month just going through this game one chapter at a time a night and then switching and doing it again. And uh, that's a memory that I hope he'll always have. And that's something that I'm going to remember forever. So with that, where do you have, do you kind of have plans? Like what's the next game you and your son are going to play together? Where, where does he go from a taste to? Cause that, that's such a great, that's a great, that's a co-op game. And you, he really has to kind of hold his own too. So that's really great to, that's a great feeling to be like, Oh, look at that. My kid does the stuff that I do too. So what's the plan for the next game? Yeah, we tried unraveled, but both of us kind of didn't get into it as much. Um, it kind of felt lackluster, I guess, compared to it takes two. Um, so then we switched gears and now we're doing, Cuphead together, which is Ooh, yeah. pretty difficult. And he dies a lot, but we get through a lot of the levels. We just really started it. But he's into the multiplayer, the, the Battle Royale. So we've been playing Fortnite together. Um, a little bit of Rocket League. It's hard because the skill gap is so big for us. I'm, I'm a pretty decently leveled player in that game. Um, <laughs> but anything that we can both get into, I helped him. That was his Christmas gift last year was all throughout the year because I had bought a pre-build Alienware the first time I bought a PC and I still just kind of upgrade it. But I bought all the parts for a PC throughout the year to get to give to him. And then we built it together this year after we moved and we have him upstairs and me downstairs. So we're able to kind of be in the same place, but in the different place and game at the same time. So our relationship with gaming is evolving so much. And I just want to continue that to nourish that before he finds friends online and <laughs> doesn't want to play with dad anymore. Yeah, I hear that. I play Unraveled right now, Unraveled 2 with my son. My son's four. And so it works out very nicely because I can drag him through the parts where he can't do to that. So for me, it feels like that's a, that's a precursor to It Takes Two. I can just pull him along until he is ready. We, that is one I do want to play. Yeah, I kind of want to play. I'm kind of saving it to play with my kid one day too. 
Yeah, I got to pick that one up because I had picked that up for some gifts for Christmas because it hit the Switch and both of my siblings have the Switches. So I, you know, I grabbed it for them and I didn't realize, you know, my son watches a lot of like the Nintendo Directs and stuff and he plays stuff on the PlayStation, but he's like, oh, it takes two. And he's like, is this for us? I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, I, yeah, I mean, I've seen it. I knew stuff was going on. It was coming out, but I think I got to crack that one with him now. And especially after hearing you talking like this, good, good sell job, Bucket. Good sell job. Yeah, it, it's really great. And if we had we played Unraveled first, I think we would have been in the same boat oh this is great but it takes two is just it, it when you're playing it you don't realize how much they're learning and how difficult it really is you have to work together and you kind of find that if you're going to be a good partner with this person in that game there's a lot of things to it and mechanics that you have to work together and i'm glad that i did it with my son and i think you guys will be too all right let's go on to the future so we have a little bit of an asterisk next to this one you have a future game you're looking forward to you brought up god of war ragnarok released recently but with the specific caveat that you're hoping for a pc release tell me about this yeah i i want to play god of war again i've been wanting to forever but i i haven't gotten a ps5 i just didn't get one for this iteration i tried originally and then after a while gave up and then like i said built a pc with my oldest son and my middle child he's just not really in on the same level and we have a switch and we have everything that we need at this point so i just can't pull the trigger on getting a console for one game so i want to play this game i watch it other people play this game i read reviews and i just can't play it did your switch just catch fire by referencing god of war and the switch in the same sentence yeah right (laughs) yeah so that's what's kind of curious so sony i want you to take note here look at what you've done to bucket with these stupid stupid supply chain issues and just get the console out to people don't say it's just because of the, the last couple of years you've done this every time sony look at what you've done ruin some lives all right all right i'm I'm off the soapbox sony is doing something here though right at least with the kind of delayed thing you know the spider-man games everything that's a sony exclusive is like trickling in to becoming a thing they're embracing it definitely embracing it i'm sure we're going to have like a steam deck built you know optimized god of war ragnarok coming it seems like they're waiting about a year maybe two years i think they're tightening that up a little bit because they they did spider-man and miles morales within a couple months of each other uh but i i'm sure that will be coming within the next year for you and i feel like as i mean maybe it's because i'm an adult now and i just don't play as much when it's like oh the game will come out a year later i'm like well that, that's fine because i have so many games i still haven't played so a year later is going to feel brand new to me still so i mean it's working out very nicely now yeah you just throw it on a wish list and call it a day all right bucket so one of the things we do through the course of the cast we take a quest or a question from the channel three history and we pick it for you to discuss. And the one that caught my eye for you, what game ruins or ruined the most friendships for you? What's that friendship ruiner? Was it RBI Baseball? That's what you answered. Is that what it was? Not only was that answered yeah, as your okay. favorite NES game, but that was answered as your friendship ruining game. And I got to know, I got to hear this. Yeah. So that same time period in college, we all, everyone kind of brought a console with them in college too. And we lived in these dorms sometimes and apartments other times. And anyway, everyone kind of had one and uh, NES almost everyone had and RBI baseball was that game that we legitimately settled beefs with if there was a problem about anything it didn't matter if it was what we were going to do that day to a girl issue to whatever it was it got settled on RBI baseball and if you lost that game you had to hear it for the rest until you could be that person again and and we still send messages to each other I'll see you on the baseball field we'll see you in RBI 
RBI baseball. And it's a lot harder because we can't play that game online, but we still get together with some of my friends from back then when we can and play this game. And many times we would walk away from, from these nights angry with each other to the point where I think this is like, like I said, this is the game friend ruiner. More than like Monopoly for families are, this game put riptides inside inside of friendships. Ray, I'm just picturing Bucket going to the airport. He's got a black aluminum case with foam cutouts going up to security. They open it up. What is, what is it? There's just a slot for the NES, the two controllers, <laughs> and a little cutout for RBI baseball. What is going on? Beef to settle. Just let me on the plane, all right? Let me tell you, it's, it is by far one of the most unique answers we've had to a question. I love it. It's true, though. True stories. That that game, uh, I don't know why. Baseball games and baseball in real life, it was it's been a part of my life forever, but also it, it's just so pure. Like, you know that there's nothing but the pitcher and the batter and the ball and what happens on the field is what happens. There's no other objections. There's no lag spikes. There's no anything. It's man versus man. What, what was the best argument that was settled? Was it dishes? Was it trap? Well, like, come on, give me, give me something good here. What was a good argument that had to be settled with? Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely a girl that it was two guys that liked a girl. I wasn't even involved in it, but it was, one of the nights I remember the most uh, in that era. They really went at it. They both liked the same girl and one guy won and one guy lost and that was the end of it and I guess she didn't really have a say in it back then huh? is that how it was but uh, at the end of the day I don't think either of them ended up with her you don't you don't say <laughs> really I didn't I didn't think that was going to be the end of that story so we're saying RBI baseball didn't create a relationship is this worst thing yeah that's correct I was going to joke and say did it them. work are they married but no I, I couldn't nope. even make that I couldn't even make that joke because I didn't want somebody to think I was serious nope didn't work all right, so we get to the last question that we ask every person we bring on the show, and that is, what has been your favorite Channel 3 feature so far? It does not actually have to be a technology feature, just your favorite part of Channel 3. My favorite part has been, and I, didn't, I said this a couple times, is when I first joined Channel 3, I really wasn't sure what to do. I, I would go on and I would rate some games and I would follow some people and I would just kind of look around and I didn't really give it a fair shake. But once I got into the turbo and the quests and being able to con- like gamify my own experience with it, I was sold. Like I log in, if I'm up late for some reason, as soon as I can to do my new quest or right when I wake up in the morning I do two things I do Wordle and I log into channel 3 to do the quest um, to do the daily things so that has to be the thing that continuously brings me back day after day after day and then from there I can read other people's news feeds or see what's going on in the gaming world so I have to ask was so Joel added you know between the time you were you were pretty early on there between then and and now he added that kind of new press start feature and he's got kind of like that rundown of 10 things to say like here's some of the stuff you could do. Here's the quest. Here's the, you know, it, it seemed like that might've been specific feedback from you probably that influenced that, but <laughs> was that at all helpful? You think for trying to get people in? I hope so. Um, it makes perfect sense. And uh, that's one of the things that a lot of technology companies are doing. They are gamifying their websites, whether it's you've done this to get this achievement, you logged in for this amount of time. People want to know the data that, that we know about them in the technology world. I'm a web developer by trade. So, so I do that kind of thing too in my job and trying to figure out how to get people to interact more with your product. But just in general, it's about gaming. So it makes perfect sense to make it a game itself. It's crazy. I didn't make the connection 
for a while, but I love, you know, I, I, I teach math and one of the places I use is Khan Academy and they basically gamified their work where you get work and you get points and you can essentially you know, unlock Pokemon or their version of Pokemon. And I love it because it's, it's such a little thing. It is absolutely meaningless. It changes nothing to the fact that you're just doing math. But like I love it and my kids love, the students love it. And it's just a little, you know, something to let you know you did something today mm-hmm. and you and you hit it on the head. That's, that's what you're doing. You're going on and you're told you did this and you got experience for it. All right. So with that, we've made it to the end of this podcast. Thanks again to Bucket C3.gg slash Bucket. That's where you can find them. You can find the podcast at C3.gg slash podcast. We drop these every Wednesday morning at 3.33 a.m. Eastern on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. I am L. Ray. Dan Tucker runs the show. A thank you again to Bucket and have a good day, everybody. (laughs) 